Servus and welcome to another episode of the Pro Hockey Pod, episode 28. This week we got another fellow Burlington alumni, Burlington Eagles, Burlington Cougars for a short amount of time. You know, he wasn't good enough to go against the top line guy, so he had to go up to the OHL. <laughs> um, you know, this guy worked out with him for many years, uh, both on and off the ice. Tremendous work ethic. Never seen somebody uh, enjoy running so much, especially those long distance <laughs> ones. We were always chasing after him, but known for his work ethic, had a very long pro career. Now has transitioned in the work world and also family life, dad of two. Welcome to the podcast, Brett Fleming. Appreciate it, Harzy. Yeah, man, we've had some grueling summers, some grueling workouts, lots of time on the ice together. Like I, we probably worked out together for um, over 10 years, probably, wouldn't it be? For sure. Like we started obviously when Twist had just opened. So whatever that was, like 2004 or something. Yeah. So, yeah. It's been um, a long time. We were, we were fortunate, right? Like we had a good group of guys. We had, you know, me, you, and Swartzy and Hutch probably, you know, for the longest time. Uh, Paul, Tianfrini working out with us, some guys to push us, right? Like those are guys who work hard. And, you know, if you're working hard, you're pushing them, they're pushing you. So lots of benefits to working out with you and, and those other three there. Yeah, we were very fortunate. And we also had like, when we started, we had guys like Chad Wiseman, Corey Locke, you know, yeah. the guys have been playing pro a long time. And we were just coming up through minor hockey and then for yourself, OHL. And then in the end, we became those guys. And then we had guys like Jeff yeah. Malik come in, Oliver Chow, um, guys that we hopefully uh, gave some advice to. I don't know, but uh, yeah, it happened like the flip of a switch. Eh? It was like all of a sudden you were the old guy. You're like, when did this happen? And all these young studs coming up. Crazy man, watching guys freaking clean 350 with no problem. I know. Just... <laughs> I know. Yeah, Je- Jeff was a beast. He was like a gazelle running too. He was he was good. He he's, seems to be doing pretty well for himself. Yeah. He's, no, he's had a he's had a good career so far. Oliver Chow as well is yeah. is doing well after hey, college. Do you know Do you know who uh, works so that uh, my gym now is uh, Ethan Spaxman? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So he's, he just like, came, he was like in the locker room and all of a sudden, like he comes up to me. I was like, Oh man, I haven't seen you in forever. How you been? So he like works, uh, he drives through Burlington to work. So he stops at the gym every once in a while in the morning. So I see, I see him every once in a while now. You, uh, you still doing the 6am grinds or what? I got to get in the gym before work. Yeah. I mean, there's no other time to do it. It's either you go in the morning or you don't go at all. So I yeah, do I the five thirty wake up call. And uh, head to the gym and then straight to work after. That's smart, though. Like, I could not go after work if I had no. a no chance. No. Are you, are you still getting some lifts in or are you? I, I'm like you. Like, so because of my commute now to Mannheim, I actually get up at 530. I drive there, get there for 630, go in the gym before the guys get there. And then other days, like here, I would go. Like, I try to stay in shape. You know, we it's, I think it's just in our DNA. Like, we don't we don't feel normal unless we're like, you know, getting a sweat in yeah. and getting yeah, the no, out. I definitely feel the day. Like if I go into work and I haven't worked out, mm-hmm. like like I, I feel dull. Like I'm I'm sharp when I go to the gym. Like I, I'm in there, I'm yelling at people and like just bringing all this energy. Like I've already done the hardest part of my day. Like, and I'm hopping right into work. Like I'm ready to go. So I think it's beneficial to work out in the morning. Get your energy level up. Energy level up. Focus is there. Getting ready for the yeah. day. Yeah, it's easy for you though. Like you have access to like a gym, like right where right at your work, right? Yeah. So now it's now it's obviously good. Um, I guess that's a benefit of working in the hockey business. There's always a gym somewhere yeah. nearby. No excuses. Assume, <laughs> yeah, I would assume Mannheim setup's pretty nice. Cause like I mean, I've just seen like the their 
arena, the like inside of it, but like I'm sure their dressing room's nice and the workout facility is awesome. The dressing room is NHL, like to be quite really? honest. Yeah. That, to be honest, like the only negative thing, if you would say, is like the gym is kind of small, but it's still oh. got everything you need. And yeah, well, small for a group of 20 for a team. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. But like for you just hopping in there, probably everything you'd ever need. Right. Oh, dude. They have everything there. They got saunas, like five cold tubs. Like it's just. Oh, yeah. That's like my dream. <laughs> <laughs> get over here. Get over here. <laughs> yeah. I, I was trying, man. I was trying to get to Germany for a while, but uh, it was like sometimes at some moments it was like, oh, maybe I'll someone's interested, and then you just never hear again, man. Yeah, so, is what it is. But uh, no, good that I could have you on, man. So obviously, as I explained, kind of off camera, we're just going to go through your career here. Uh, yeah. If there's things I might point out to you, get your opinion on. I think there's definitely some good uh, good tips for the younger generation, stuff that you definitely went through, choices you had to make in your life. Um, Take it back to the roots. So obviously, you know, we we met each other, I think like 2002, 2003, just kind of through the Eagles. Obviously, I was a year older than you, but uh, you were actually born uh, not in Ontario. You were born, on, uh, I believe, in Regina, Saskatchewan. Yeah, yeah. So I was born there. I don't even remember being there. I moved here when I was three. So uh, I always say that I have the prairie blood in me, but really, I don't I don't remember anything. Um yeah. And then, uh, parents, my brother played hockey, wanted to be like my older brother hopped into the Eagles organization. Um, you know, obviously a lot of support from parents, as you know, getting up there. And then, uh, once we, we started getting a little bit older, I kind of took a step, like kind of hit puberty to be honest. And then like, I took a big step and that's when I started getting called up to your team, um, which was awesome. Uh, you guys seem to always need players and I probably played like 30, 30 games with you guys, uh, one year, which was your guys' draft year. Um, so it was beneficial for me. I was getting exposure without even like really realizing, right? Like I was getting OHL exposure and just like kind of getting playing time and having fun. And then like that was beneficial for me for the pre the, the next year when I, I was actually draft eligible. But uh, yeah, and then uh, I ended up getting drafted to St. Mike's in the second round and Played four years in junior for Dave Cameron, which was a cool experience. Um, definitely elevated my game there. Um, he he's he was a hard coach, kind of the old school. I don't know if it's like that anymore. It's kind of like a dying breed, the the old school coach, right? You you're well, you're in the industry now. Like, what do you see? Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, I I don't know Cameron personally, but that kind of old school hard coach i don't i think we were when we grew up we were in a transition period so they yeah. were still kind of there and then it was also like maybe a couple of years behind us when they those like age groups coming up it was starting to transition out um i appreciate you going through your whole career basically for me right now but we're gonna yeah, get yeah. through it so don't feel like you gotta rush there i wanted to ask you first yeah. about uh before we get to your ohl days you know you're always known for being such a good skater and i think that's why you know, when you would get called up to our our team, for example, like you could log those minutes, you know, you could fit right in. Like it wasn't really an adjustment for you. But did you do anything when you were when you were younger when in terms of like skating? Like were you going with a skating coach? Was it anything off the ice, a mixture? Yeah, no, I went to uh so the guy who ran it, his name was Steve McClellan. Um, and I went to him for four or five years. Uh, but he ran the power skating through Laura Stam, was the the company name. 
So she was a figure skater. You see all these young guys, even like, you know, the Toronto Maple Leafs have, uh, you know, the, the figure skating coaches as their power skaters. Um, so yeah, that was really beneficial for me, for my skating stride. My skating was massive for me because I wasn't really a big player. So I needed to be faster than those big guys, right? Or else <laughs> it wasn't going to work. So yeah, I, I did that. Mostly just power skating, this skill stuff that guys kind of do now, you know, the dangling through. That was kind of, that kind of like happened later in my career. But yeah, just when I was young, definitely just the power skating, which was obviously, as you mentioned, very beneficial for me. No, and obviously, especially nowadays, like, as I said, we went through a transition period, but nowadays it's like, if you, if you're not a, at least a good skater, Mm. you have to do something else extremely well to make you beneficial overall like uh, just seeing how teams today recruit guys like if they're skating you know if it's on a one to five let's say rating and five's the highest if it's anything lower than a three it's probably this guy's either got to be an exceptional net front guy or there's no chance you know so and i think that's a big reason too you know you obviously were drafted to mississauga as you said you went in the second round there and you also were able to right away play games with us at the cougars obviously taking that step instead of going back to midget i was curious so like being a high draft pick it's very common you know i always said this if you're a first second rounder you're probably going to go to the ohl like it makes sense but have you ever before that thought you know about going another route about going the NCAA route, or was it always growing up with the ohl that you were like you know i'm if i go high i want to go here yeah it was kind of as you said like i said if i went in the first two rounds and i had the opportunity to play as an under, underager, I would go to the OHL. And if I went any later and I wasn't going to play, then I would look towards college. Um, I never really spoke to any teams. I was kind of putting it on the back burner to kind of see what happened. Um, I think there's benefits to both for sure. Now that I've been through the whole process, I, I saw guys coming into pro at like 22, 23 years old, and they were considered a rookie, right? And I was looked at as like a third year player. I I started as a rookie when I was 20, but I'm being compared to these guys who are like, or I'm not even being compared. They're rookies and I'm a vet now. You know what I mean? It was like almost beneficial for them to be older coming in to play with men. Like I was still, I was 19 years old, like coming in as a rookie. And that's what they're judging me on. Oh, who's this guy going to be? This is his first year, you know? So, you know, if you're one of those studs, like, obviously McDavid, all Bedard, like all these guys, and you're going to make a quick jump to pro and it's going to be seamless. Maybe that's for you, but if you know, it's going to take a little more time to develop, maybe college is the route for you. No, I think there's, you can raise points for both sides. And obviously uh-huh. I went the NCAA route, but I grew up in Peter Rose before. So I know the OHL route and I thought it was a good route as well, but how was that first year for you? So like you, as you said, when you make that jump to the OHL, you know, you have Dave Cameron as your coach, who obviously has a tremendous resume, um, very strict in his ways, you know, in a, a sense, like you're, you're still coming up in that era where, you know, the older guys are almost like men playing with yeah. them. Like, I felt like it's, it's very different than today, but how was that, uh, that adjustment for you? I didn't find it too tough. It was, it was kind of hard my first year just to find my place and where I was going to be because uh, Dave Cameron was pretty candid with me and uh, pretty transparent. He he basically told me, like, until November, I don't know what I have. I'm brand new to this team. I got to sort through what I have. 
Um, and that's why he wanted me to play some junior A games with, uh, and I ended up playing with the Cougars with you. Um, and uh, so I went down uh, and played 14 games with the Cougars, probably got 14 shifts as well. <laughs> but um, then, uh, you know, some forwards ended up going down with injuries. And so he called me up, back up, and I ended up playing my first year in the OHL. I played 45, 47 games as a forward. So, you know, um, that was pretty fun. It was kind of, you know, cool to play a different position for a year and know that I had the ability to jump back and forth. Um, and he used me throughout my career that way. Um, not all the time I was, he used me mostly on D, but if he needed to throw me up there from some situation, he wasn't afraid to. So yeah, it was, it was tough at the beginning just because I didn't know where I sat with St. Mike's and that's where I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. I mean, in the end though, you, as you said, you were able to be useful. And I think just another credit to your skating, you could obviously jump on forward and you were obviously able to use your speed just on a, in a different way. And even with that year of not starting there, you still end up playing for the U 17. So team Canada, Ontario, I believe. So that must've been a cool experience too. Um, believe you guys won gold if i yeah. if i'm not mistaken so yeah. just, like just yeah. talk about yeah that. like anytime you get to represent your country i think that's obviously a very cool thing yeah. for you so was that the is it the labat center now or it was was it the labat center that in london it's a budweiser now i think budweiser now okay i think it was labat before anyways Maybe. like that arena alone like you've been there right Nine thousand fans all wearing red in the finals like it was really cool um played against some top-notch players you know guys in the nhl now played with some guys so awesome experience um i think when you're that young you don't realize the magnitude of it you just kind of go out there and play um but looking back now i'm like i was really lucky to have that opportunity and to win gold for that matter matter so um you know i have the medal and the ring or no sorry it's a watch metal watch and jersey still um you know, and that's something that I'll probably get framed at some point if I can ever uh, turn my basement into a man cave. My wife will let me. <laughs> <laughs> Future plans. Hopefully Taylor lets you. But um, <laughs> the the next thing I want to talk to you about. So I think this is such a I don't know how to say this, but like it's it's very cool to see when guys are able to do it. But I also think it's very hard for guys to do just how the OHL is structured. So as you know, your draft year is your second year. So mm -hmm. the the jump that you have to make as a player between year one and year two to maybe be noticed by NHL teams, I'd say is pretty tremendous because it's a lot of pressure too for some guys because if you know they have aspirations of getting drafted and maybe they don't have the year they wanted to have, then you know, then they're going against the next age group as well, trying to get drafted the second time over. But how did you go about like the summer before? Like, did you when you just had your obviously your feet wet from the season before you knew like what to expect so it made it easy for you to take that next step into your second year yeah i definitely found my confidence was boosted i, I realized i could play in this league and i fit you know when you first come in you're like these guys are big these guys are strong they're fast but then like you start to play with them and you're like i can do this like this is fine so i did build a lot of confidence um i think dave cameron had a lot of confidence in me after the first year and he part, part partnered me with uh cameron gaunts um i don't know if you recognize that name he got 
cup of coffee in the show, but awesome leader, awesome player. So that was beneficial for my game. And him and I had a great year together and uh, he had just gone, I think he went second round to the Colorado avalanche. If I'm not mistaken. So playing with him, learning from him was awesome. Um, so yeah, I, I thought it was great um, my, going into my second year. Like you said, it is a little bit tough because it is early. Some guys actually get the third year. Um, just an example, Hutch, Alex Hutchings, our friend, he actually was the same draft year as me, but he's actually your age, which is a year older, right? So he kind of got three years to develop uh, just because of the way they do it with like the birthday cutoff. Uh, they don't necessarily do it by birth year. So um, I guess it worked out for me, but I can see how some guys it would not. Uh, but at the same time, there's so much development time. Uh, and even like playing as an overager, as a 20 year old, I see guys, you know, if they're good enough, they'll find you like, and they get max deals as a free agent and have pick of the litter of their teams, you know? So yeah, it's, it's early, but there's always opportunities to follow that. That's how I feel about it. No, I, I think that's very true. Um, there's obviously many ways to look at it. And I think, I think more so now, to be honest, like what you just mentioned is, is more common where, you know, even if you're a late developer and what, whatever it is, the OHL or whatever, if you are good enough, those teams will find you because it's like finding a prospect that uh, maybe other teams had passed on and it could be a good gamble for those teams. So, um, and your second year, as we talked about, like you end up making a big step, uh, 28 points that year as a defenseman, uh, maybe you play some forward too, who knows, but, uh, (laughs) um, you, you end up getting drafted fifth round. To, to Washington there and as you mentioned I thought it was pretty cool because at that time we we're all working on a twist so there's there's you Schwartzy and Hutch all getting drafted in the same draft which is cool because we all spend a lot of time together um, I'm curious like how was it building up to the draft for you like were you confident you would go and then ultimately how was your first experience at NHL camp in Washington yeah um, I was pretty confident I would go um just from the conversations I was having with my agent and, you know, I had multiple interviews with, with teams and I was feeling pretty confident, but as the picks start to go and you, you drop and drop and drop, I went in the fifth round. So it's, it is probably considered a later round. Um, so, but I, it was what a feeling when you actually get drafted. I had like 17 family members there. So thank God I did. It would have been, <laughs> would have been brutal if I didn't, but just a side note, we were, we were talking about the late opportunities. Like if I kind of look back now and I didn't get drafted and I look to my 19 year old year was probably my best year, you know, really good plus minus put up really good points on a really good team, like, which obviously helps. Uh, but I think I would have had like great offers from multiple teams. So it almost would have been more beneficial for me not to get drafted because I would, well, like I said, I would have had pick from, you know, maybe five, six teams and maybe I get a max deal rather than what a fifth rounder gets paid. Um, <laughs> so um, lost track of the the second part of that question. Can you, can you remind me what it was? I was just asking you how your first experience was at camp. Like, so you get yeah. drafted, you're going to camp yeah. and stuff. Kind of starstruck. I guess would be like, to be honest, I remember, uh, you know, my buddy, Rob Bentevania, obviously he was a big Habs fan at the time. Uh, and Jose Theodore had just been traded to Washington. And I was like, kind of looking at him, like, this is my best friend's like favorite player in the world. And I'm on the ice with them. And then, you know, Ovechkin back Backstrom green, Alexander Semin, like all these guys are in their prime and just like, mo- like monsters out there. So skilled. So I was pretty starstruck. Um, 
it took me a little bit while, like to actually like feel like I I'm like, okay, like after like three camps, I was like, okay, like I can make this step to pro. Maybe I'm not ready for the NHL, but you know, I can play at least pro and be ready. So it is kind of uh, another thing where you kind of take those steps and gain your confidence until you realize that, you know, you are good enough to play with these guys. No, oh, for sure. I th- I think like, I don't know what percentage I'd say, but over 50% of it is just confidence in yourself. Like you, you can have all the skills, but if you don't believe you deserve to be out there, you're not going to perform up to your abilities or even, you know, maybe get some luck along the way, like yeah. where you kind of outperform. But the big thing, it's always been confidence, you know, between the, between the years. But one, one other thing I want to talk to you about before we move on from your junior days, obviously, you know, the 2010, 2011 season. So you guys end up hosting the Mem Cup there. Um, your team was pretty stacked, which may, which would make sense because you were hosting it. Yeah. Um, tremendous year for you personally, 43 points, um, 13 points down the stretch there in the, in the playoffs. Um, unfortunately, come up a little short in the finals there, but just talk about, you know, for me, that that team, it must have been a lot of special memories. And also, like, I know winning would have been the perfect way to go up. But at the same time, you know, getting to the final game of the season is also a good way to kind of end your junior career and move on to the next step. Yeah. So, we, yeah, we had a really good team, really hardworking team, just like hard-nosed, like kind Mark, of like... Mark Canton. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was, he was, yeah, he's a Peterborough guy. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, just all through our lineup, four lines, 60 two goalies like everyone was solid right we we're we we're just very deep and uh we put, ended up playing owen sound in the finals um and wouldn't you know it jordan bennington comes in in like game three or four and just stands on his head it, like uh, watching the st louis blues win the cup was like deja vu for me like honestly i was like this guy's doing this again so yeah he stood on his head played awesome they, they had a really good team too i won't take uh take it away from the rest of their team too but uh lost game seven overtime. So it's like, like just inches, right? Like one goal your way and you're winning the OHL finals. So I felt like we really deserved to be in the Mem Cup, even though we were the host, um, because we were right there and uh, we proved it. We made it to the finals, uh, played St. John's. I mean, my opinion, we outplayed them. We outshot them. um, And it's one game, you know, their goalie plays well again. Uh, We score one goal, they score three, you know? So, um, Obviously, winning it would have been better, but uh, lessons were learned, right? Like what it takes to get there and you need to finish it when you're there. So um, definitely tough, uh, as you said, but, you know, you can always learn from from those situations. And, uh, you know, luckily I ended up winning a, a championship somewhere else. So it was good. Yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna get to that soon. Don't you yeah, worry. I don't want to jump too far ahead again. No, I no, don't worry. You'll get your credit. Don't worry. Don't wanna. <laughs> but uh I remember about that Mem Cup too, which was kind of funny, was as you said, Bennington came in, kind of stole the show. Yeah. I think he ended up playing the whole round robin. And then for some reason, like they played somebody in like the semis or the quarters, and they were like, Yeah, we'll just give him a break and put Stager and they ended up losing. Like they were, yeah. I think it was supposed to be like everyone was predicting it could have been like you guys again in the finals. What when was that for like the mem? I mean, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what. Yeah, I can't remember what happened with them. I know uh, they had a couple injuries, uh, a couple guys go down. Um, I'm not sure about their goaltending, but yeah, like all all four teams were awesome there. Kootenay was there with some really good players. Obviously, Owen Sound beat us in the finals, so they were 
worthy. And then St. John's, like they were at, had a ton of talent there. Huberto, um, they had uh, that Yurko who played in uh, um, Detroit. Detroit for a bit. The Bavilio or one of the guys who got drafted first round to uh, Montreal. So they they had some really good young talent. And they went back to the finals the next year. So like, yeah, they, they were solid. They were solid for sure. And how was so after obviously after that uh, heartbreaking loss there, like, did you kind of have in your head like, you know, I just had a very solid season. Like, it'd be a good, it's a good time for me to move on, take the, the next step to pro. Like, did you feel you're ready for that? And how was your adjustment to that, that first year of professional hockey? Yeah, I went in at an all time high of confidence. To be honest, like, you know, I had an awesome year with uh, St. Mike's. Uh, as, as you read off my stats, like I, I was confident in myself, and I went into Washington camp feeling that way, and I came out of Washington camp feeling that way. Uh, Bruce Brudger was the coach at the time, and he had a lot of nice things to say about me, and wanted to hopefully get me up that year, my first year pro, which was you know obviously built my confidence any even more. I went to Hershey. Um, I thought I was playing very well. Uh, coaches were telling me the exact same. Um, and right at Christmas, um, I felt kind of blindsided. They just basically said, you know, um, you're the odd man out numbers game. Uh, you've been playing well, didn't really give me a reason to be sent down just other than numbers. Um, and I went down to the coast, uh, and finished my year there with South Carolina. It was an awesome place to play. Um, Spencer Carberry was actually, actually the coach who's, who's actually the coach in Washington now. Um, so really good coach there. It was his first year coaching. You could tell right from the beginning, he was going to have success. So, um, but again, lessons to be learned, right? Nothing's handed to you. You have to earn it. I thought, you know, just because I was playing good enough and I was, people were telling me I was good that I would just, it would just be that way. And I would get everything that I wanted, but lesson learned, you got to earn it and, uh, no one's ever going to give it to you. You got to earn it, but also at the same time, you have to have some like kind of right place, right time when you're just starting out too. Cause as you said, it's yeah. a numbers game and you're the fresh guy. And even when the coaches are telling you, yeah, you're playing well, you know, maybe if one other guy isn't there or someone's hurt, like you stay yeah. there the whole year. Like that's just, I mean, we're just speaking out loud here, but um, yeah. you, uh, so then after that first year, that second year, again, you know, you get some games in the AHL, but obviously as you talked about, you are a champion. And uh, you, this time you go down to Reading and you guys, I remember you guys had a very, very stacked team, like some pretty good players there. And you yeah. guys end up winning the Kelly Cup there. Like, talk about that run, dude. I remember you coming home in like, I feel like end of May, like June yeah, or something. Like, and been. you had like a massive beard and then you were like, all right, well, I guess I'm going to start working out now because you had to get started getting ready for camp next year. Like it just went on so long. <laughs> yeah, no, it was. So our team was stacked. Uh, Hershey is one of two teams who um is separate like they're, they actually own the team uh like usually the nhl team owns both so hershey just they sign a bunch of guys um so we really had like an ahl team in the coast uh and then hershey ended up losing in the first round so some of those guys came and played with us too so um beefed our lineup a little bit more um we played some really good teams florida gave us a good run cincinnati gave us a good run um, and then we ended up playing uh, Stockton in the finals. Uh, honestly, the I think Cincinnati and Florida were our toughest rounds. Um, 
And then, uh, yeah, we, we ended up just having a really good team and we won it in Stockton in five games and a uh, really good experience. But like I said, you know, I had that loss in the back of my head from two years ago and I wasn't ready to, to feel that way again. So I was lucky that we, we had a strong team, lots of good leaders and, and we won the Kelly cup. I mean, I, like I've told people this many times that like, winning a stanley cup winning gold medal like those are obviously the two greatest things in life but i think yeah. winning anything is also great because you know you were obviously playing at this level playing at a great uh level yourself personally and we're on a great team i just like your roster you guys were definitely stacking you end up being champions like that's something that's with you forever and yeah you, know, you can look back in 20 years and remember the times and stuff like when i was just we were talking off camera before about Mannheim, like on Sunday's game, like they honored the 2001 team that won. So like these yeah. guys all came back. So whatever it is, 20, 23 years later or whatever. And like, they're on the ice and it, like, it just means everything to them. So. Yeah. Well, and like, like you said, no one could ever take it away from you. Right. Like you, you're a champion and like, you know what it took to do that. You see these guys in the NHL playing through injuries, right? Like it's, it's just the example of the NHL is so good because people actually watch a lot more of it. Right but you're putting yourself through that to win that championship as well, no matter what level it is. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, East coast, AHL, uh, DEL, like these are hard fought battles, hot, hard series, like game, game of inches, like lucky bounces. Like that's what it takes to win a championship. Quite honestly. Like I think back to one of the goals that we scored, it was like, we were about to go into overtime and, a guy goes to rim the puck, hits the ref skate and goes like directly in the net. We win the game. You know what I mean? Like stuff like that. You're like, what if that doesn't happen? You know, like, yeah. like big saves by, uh, remember when Washington won the cup, Holpe, that big save on tuck, like moments like that. You're just like, what if that didn't happen? You know? So like a little bit of luck and hard work, really. Yeah. I'm just on that that scene itself i'm sorry to all caps fans but they don't win the cup if he doesn't stop that like uh, no, vegas had all the momentum before that save yeah like yeah. This, and then it just changed everything but as you write like one thing changes it um before we talk about you transitioning to europe there's one thing i want to talk about i think it's good for the young listeners to hear this too um how was it for you on a personal level maybe mentally you know, you play four years uh, North American pro and you're doing that constant call up grind. You know, you feel, as you said, you just want a fucking championship in the coast and you still cannot, you know, be an everyday guy in the AHL for whatever reason. But how like how was that for your kind of your confidence and how was that mentally for you? Mentally, it was tough, but I think in the end, it made me mentally stronger. Right. Like you can't break me like I'm just going to keep coming back. Right. Um but definitely for the confidence, like you're like, do I deserve to be here? They're telling me I do, but like, I'm also just getting sent down, right? Like after they tell me that. So, um, you know, I would go back to the coast and have a lot of confidence, but like when I got get called up, you kind of feel like you're like one mistake away from getting benched or, you know, like, and it's such a tough way to play. I mean, you probably can relate, you know, like if you feel like you don't have the trust of the coach or the team, like, you just you're too tense right so it was tough to play the way i really wanted to when i get called up i eventually like when i played my fourth year pro uh in lehigh um i played lots of games and the coaches were giving me lots of trust 
Um, at this point, I was no longer a prospect. I was just an AHL contract. And I ended up getting sent down at the end of the year. Uh, coach called me. He goes, sorry, Philly wants to keep their prospects up. You're going down. It's like odd man out again, you know. Um, stuff like that happens. And I understood it. I just wish I was treated that way when I was a prospect, to be honest. Mm-hmm. You know, where they would send someone else down. I'm a young prospect. They're trying to develop their young guys to become a good team. And But, hey, you know, I, I have a hard time complaining the way my uh, – career ended up sorry my printer is just going off here for some reason (laughs) oh good um is that so would you say that's kind of because obviously the next season you end up making the jump over overseas to europe you go to balzano there in the top austrian like do you think like that kind of end of the year there in lehigh when you got sent down was kind of like the nail in the coffin being like hey i'm i'm ready to give give this side up and try to go try europe i really felt that way because um when I was signed in Lehigh like I was kind of like biding my time and seeing what I could get and I kind of like figured out what was out there and basically I got all I could get was a two-way and it's not like I had too much of a better year I was like yeah like I got better and I developed and and everything but I don't think some anyone's going to give me an NHL contract or give me the opportunity like it's so I just kind of cut ties and I went over to uh Europe and probably the right choice I could have made it maybe even a year earlier to be honest um, and Balzana was an awesome spot for me to, to land because, uh, they gave me great opportunity to develop my game offensively. Um, they kind of gave me free range, gave me lots of power play time. And I just took off from there. And then the rest, rest is history for my, my, uh, Europe career. You know, I played in some really good spots and got really good opportunities. Not to mention uh, your first experience in Balzano. I believe you got off the plane after not sleeping for ten hours, and they threw you right into testing. That, they proved right. Away. They tried to test That's you. Not right a good away. memory, man. <laughs> I just remember the stories in the gym, man. But no, that was hilarious. But uh, yeah, so it was me. It was there was four of us. It was me, Taylor Vaz, Joel Broda, and uh, Jerry Polistroni. And uh, we just like hop off the plane, and they're like, "Yeah, we're gonna go do a little bit of testing." The testing wasn't crazy. It was more like you know, physical, like, you know, make sure your shoulders and knees, whatever. But like, we're exhausted. Like, you know, you haven't slept, you've been up for like 30 hours. And then uh, we finally get home, we get eat dinner. And then the next day, or no, actually, we we got to Balzano, we practiced that night, too. (laughs) So we practiced and they're like, yeah, we're going to Graz for a game tomorrow. You guys are playing. We're like, what? This is outrageous. So played a game against Graz the next day. It's like, just like throw you right in the fire. But we survived, I guess. <laughs> There's no rules over in Europe. Anything goes. But oh, um, no. uh, I, have a, I have a saying, if it makes sense, don't do it. That's, a, that's their rules over in Europe. <laughs> that's Europe. Do the opposite. Yeah. Um, how was it living in Balzano there? Like, is it is it in like the mountains there kind of scenery? Yeah, so they uh, they they uh, put you just outside of Balzano in some small towns, uh, like vineyards all around, mountains all around. Beautiful place. Like I'd recommend playing there. Like it's really nice. Um, the organization was a little tougher when I was there my first year. When I returned later in my career, you know, they kind of um, were were better better off financially and and able to support the players a little bit better. Um, and uh yeah provide us with 
equipment and money and they redid their dressing room and everything. So they've really stepped it up and, and, and it is an awesome place to live. I don't know if you've ever been to Northern Italy, but like it's, it reminds me a little bit of like uh, out West in Canada. Okay. No, I haven't been out there, but you're right. They like, I would say over the past, probably three, four years, like they're a top team in that league now because yeah. they, they have more money there. And as you said, they've, they've got some investment in there. This year, I think they will be a good team again. It seemed yeah. like, dude, your career, like after your first year in Balzano, you have going to the top Czech league, which is a very good league. Yeah. Um, you ended up playing there for three years. Um, Komatov, I, I believe they're not, they're in the third league now. I think they had some yeah, money. They're like, yeah. They're like a men's league team now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I was going to say like, you seem to feel comfortable because you were, you were in Bolzano two times, as you mentioned, you, and you're also in two other teams in the Austrian League. So you seem to be comfortable going to that league as well as the the Czech League. Like it, It's just funny to see guys when yeah. they have careers and they just kind of stay in two leagues. But yeah. um, how was it How was it playing in Komatov? Like I, I know it's kind of close to like the Saxon part, like old part of Germany. I think it's like an hour over the border. Yeah. But uh, sure. like how was the city and stuff, the organization? Obviously, it's, the top league is a very good league. Yeah, so top league, unbelievable. I didn't really know what to expect going to check. I had never known anyone who played there. Um, so I, I was kind of going in blind, but I was like, these guys are workhorses and they're very good hockey players. Um, Komatov as a city was not the nicest city I've ever played in, uh, but our hour outside of Prague and hour and a half to Dresden. Uh, so lots of good c- cities uh, nearby. Um, in terms of the organization, I just kind of mentioned they're like in the, the men's league now. Basically, what happened is they went bankrupt. Um, you know, they didn't end up paying us final paychecks, so they got demoted and kicked out of the league. So um, not the best representation of the Czech league, um, but I guess they did what was necessary and kicked them out of the league. They weren't weren't going to stand for that. So, um, but as far as other teams go, I think they're they're run very professionally. Um, and lots of good things to say about the Czech league and the Czech players for that matter. Like it, I was one of the only imports one year and they're very welcoming. Even my neighbors who I live near, near would invite me out to the garden and, and have beers and barbecues and stuff. So Czech people, awesome Czech leagues. Awesome. I, I, I enjoyed my time there to say it was easy would not be correct. It was, it was tough. It was hard hockey. It was hard work. Uh, and obviously the language barrier was was pretty difficult, but um, nonetheless, enjoyed my time there for sure. I mean, you've always been a hard worker, so I think the hard working part of it, that's kind of what fuels you. But I do remember the one summer, I can't remember which year it was, if it was after year one or year two, you came, you came home and we were like in July or something and you're supposed yeah. to go back at the end of the month and you're like, Yep, still missing my past two paychecks or something. Like, not sure if I'm getting on this flight. And I'm just like looking at you. I'm like, Flem, like, why why are you going back even? They might not pay you. I know. <laughs> yeah, I just kind of like uh my first year I had a good year and the coach liked me. And the first year, like we were they were late on paychecks, but they were paying us. So I was like, this isn't too bad. And they offered me a two-year contract worth good money. And I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna get this anywhere else. Like, this is a pretty solid contract. Um so I decided to stick it out. I tried to get out of my last year inside somewhere else. Uh, they wouldn't let me go and didn't end up paying me my full paycheck. So I don't know, kind of BS that way, considering I was trying to leave and, you know, go to a place that would pay me. But it is what it is. I probably could have stuck it out in the Czech League a little longer with some other years. I had some interest, but uh, 
Um, it was tough on my wife too, because there's not a lot of imports. Um, it, it was hard on me. We wanted to go back to like either Germany or Austria, uh, where there's a little more English speaking guys, more imports and just like better social environment, basically. And that's why we ended up in uh, Vienna thereafter. Yeah. I mean, v- Vienna is obviously uh, a great, great place to play. I've seen a game there. The rink's got that cool one side with the glass and just, uh, yeah. you know, great city as well. It was one of my favorite cities I've been at Christmas. It was, it was great, but I wanted to ask you that. So, um, well, first to touch back on what you said about the two-year deal thing, I think that's, especially in Europe, when guys can get security like that, like just that, you know, a two, three-year deal, it kind of makes you feel more welcoming, I'd say, to maybe put up with some of the bullshit on the side if you have to, because you're like, you know what, like, chances are I'm probably going to get most of it or I should, you know, let's hope, but it's like, I also yeah. have security, which is important. Um, but I wanted to ask you about, uh, kind of Taylor there, like how you said, obviously the check was a little hard for her, but like, did she obviously enjoy coming over to visit you in, in Bolzano? Was she there fully with you by the time you guys were in Vienna? Cause I know you had Jackson at one of the yeah. years you were in Vienna yeah. in, uh, in Austria after I believe you had him, yeah. right? Yeah. So she would typically, uh, in, when I was in Czech, she would come over for like two or three months and then go home for a month and a bit. So she was there, I guess, half the time, let's say. Um, and then in Vienna, we had Jackson just before. Um, and uh, well, that was the COVID year. So I actually didn't get to see this city that much. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's no point of going downtown if nothing's open, <laughs> you know, like so uh, tough year. Uh, even just like personally, like I had some injuries, wasn't getting too much playing time with them. Um, I don't know they just had, had their guys or didn't have trust in me. I don't, I'm not really sure what it was, but, um, no, it was a little tough, like keeping the kid inside all the time. I mean, everyone went through their struggles, so no one probably wants to hear my complaints, but, um, I, I wish everything was open because it would have been awesome to enjoy my time in Vienna. It was probably one of the best cities I played in, but. Unfortunately, everything was just closed down and uh, there wasn't much to do. The crazy time, man. I can't believe it. Like, we're, we're going to look back at this in 20 years and just be like, like remember that? Yeah. Um, one thing I want, the next thing I want to talk to you about, like, so after Vienna, you had to go into VLAC there. Um, you know, in 38 games, you had 26 points as a defenseman. Um, not sure if that was, I can't remember if that was a late starter mix of injuries or whatever, but I'm curious. So, like, when you're having such a good year like this and you've you've you haven't played the full season so let's just count it up you're probably in 40 points or something in a 50 something uh game season like was there any thought in your head like you know I want to keep going here or was there something else from back home where you're like you know what like this is my last year I have to, it's time to turn the page here Yeah yeah so I had torn my PCL which is like in the back of your knee that's what uh, kept me out for those whatever it is 14 games um but yeah no i had a really good year again a really good team which always helps um and uh i kind of made the decision probably halfway through the year that i was gonna retire um someone gave me a really good opportunity to work back home uh good job that wasn't going to be there forever it was either kind of take it or leave it um i kind of figured I only had three or four years left in me before my kids get, they're going to be going to school and everything. And I wanted them settled down. So, um, you know, 
time to stop being selfish and worry about my hockey career and kind of think about my family, to be honest, and having them near my parents. My parents are here to help out. So are my wife's parents and aunts and uncles and all that stuff. Um, would have liked to keep playing, obviously, but uh, more important things in my life, I guess, uh, trumped it. Yeah, and that's a decision that a lot of people eventually are faced with. Um, yeah. You know, I think it's good, like when you have something right away to step into and something that you feel confident doing or like will evidently lead to something even yeah. better. And that's always good because there's lots of guys, man, like they play until their mid 30s, even high 40s. But they're the reason they keep playing is, yeah, they enjoy playing, but they're also so nervous to to, to make the adjustment. And like I've seen yeah. it obviously through both my playing and coaching career. Um so that transition, like, how was it? How was it for you? What What exactly are you doing for work right now? Uh, so I work for a company called DK Two. Uh, we I'm in sales for them. Uh, we sell like kind of like uh, automotive accessories. So we do like snow plows, trailers, uh, bike carriers. We also do some outdoor power power equipment and winches. Um, so I'm in the sales department there. So transition was quick. I just hopped right into it. I did barely took a week off, jumped right in. Uh, but going into the corporate world is very different than hockey. Um, so I've been learning a lot really fast. Um, you know, no choice, but to do that. Uh, but I've actually enjoyed it. I've got some really good people I work with. Um, they kind of make it feel like a hockey dressing room. We joke around and, you know, make fun of each other. We just don't have the team showers. That's all. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> One day. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe that this this is a good transition. Thank you for this. Maybe that's why you uh, you suited up this year for the Wentworth uh, Griffins a little bit to to get you know the team showers, obviously with yeah. our with with our buddy Corbs there, UOD partners. Yeah. Um, how was that? Like, you know, obviously it's you know it's it's senior A. It's something just to do a couple times a week, but it was a cool to just, you know, get back on the ice and play a little bit and be back yeah. in kind of that dressing room atmosphere. Yeah. I mean, I loved being there. Like, um, hockey was good, probably better than I thought it was going to be, to be honest. Um, playing with Corbs was awesome. Just steady Eddie. I know where he's going to be all the time. So love playing with Corbs. Um, I mostly, my, my decision was mostly just so my son could watch me play. And then the games were so late that he really didn't watch me anyways. I want him to like kind of like remember that yeah, yeah. dad was a hockey player, but um, you know, I do did awesome guys in the dress room. Um, lots of fun with those guys, that organization, actually the Wentworth Griffins, like they actually treat you really well. Like I got treated better by them than some of the teams I played for. I swear. Like it was, it was, they treated us really well. Um, I'll probably won't play again this year. Just it's, it's tough going like from work you work eight till five and then, you know, you're walking in the door eating and then right back out the door. It's just, it's a lot sometimes. Um, so I probably won't play again, but uh, maybe I'll hop out on the ice with a men's league or something here and there. And then once my little guy uh, is old enough, hopefully I'll be able to coach him. So I don't want to just totally jump out of hockey. You know, I have a lot to give. Um, hockey's given me a lot and I want to give back, so, but I'm just kind of waiting for that opportunity to, to come. Yeah. And I think too, as you just said, like the, the family aspect of it, like you said, when you, when it was time to move on from playing, you, it was a family decision. And even now, like, you know, senior A is yeah. fine. It's great. But at the same time, it's a lot of late, it's a lot of late nights. You're going right from work home quick, maybe see the kids and wife, and then it's right to the rink. So, you know, yeah. it's, it's long days. So I understand that. Um, 
two more here and then I'll let you go because I know uh, your little one is sleeping there. You got to go be a dad duty on this holiday. Yeah. Um, <laughs> two quick ones for you. So when you look back at your career, did you think you would kind of have the career that you ended up having? Oh, geez. Like if I think about like when I was really young, I don't even know if I like even dream like, you know, obviously you're like, oh, I want to play in the NHL or whatever. Right. Like you don't dream this path that you're going to take. Right. It's pretty wild when you really look back on it. I mean, yeah, like I, the places it took me is just crazy. Right. Like you probably feel the same way. Now you're living over in Germany. Like, would you ever have thought that, you know what I mean? Like I never, I never would have dreamed of traveling Europe because it's not something I would do. Right. It, it would, uh, I, I wouldn't do that three month trip, but I got paid to go over to Europe and, and see the world. So um very thankful for, for the opportunity that hockey's given me. And I guess, yeah, I, I wanted to be in the NHL. I didn't make it, but man, I had some good experiences. Like, that all that I'll remember forever friendships you make that are forever right obviously you you're over in Europe now and glad we get to catch up and those are like friendships that I'll have forever right just from one simple game so you know very thankful and that's part of why I want to give back to it right like eventually whenever that that time comes no that's dude that's it's so true that uh you know and I tell this to so many people just because you didn't make the NHL doesn't mean you didn't have a successful career doesn't mean that yeah. you failed like it's everyone else everyone's everyone's path is their own it's their own experience they'll have highs and lows like anyone but like you know yourself you got to play many years yeah. north american pro many years europe as you said you were paid to basically go travel in a sense and made a lot of friendships that you still have today so that's uh that's something that you can't take back and uh wouldn't change i imagine um Last one here for you. I like to end it on this one. Uh, I know you're not so familiar with it, but uh, if there is one piece of advice or maybe multiple pieces of advice, if you have multiple, that you would give your younger self. So if you're speaking to Brett Fleming at 15, 16, 17 years old, what are a couple pieces of advice you'd give him and also the younger generation listening in the same position? Jeez, that's a good question. I try to look back and say that I did everything I could to make it and it just didn't happen. But obviously in retrospect, there's some decisions that I could have probably made uh, different, but at the time I made the best decision I could, could. And that'd probably be my advice is just make the best decision that you think is for you. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to listen to everyone else. Um, you know, everyone has tells you what you should be doing, what you should be working on, right? Like, I mean, I just worked hard and I went out there and had fun. And then in the end, I ended up making it. Like, I, I don't know. Like, it seems today, and, and you're probably in the world a little bit more, more than me, but like these kids, their whole life is hockey. I don't know, man. Like, it just it's like a job from day one. It becomes a job. Don't get me wrong, right? Like, it, it did become a job, but like, go out there, have fun, work hard. Like, I don't know, learn, learn the lessons of life. Like there's so much to be learned from hockey, teamwork, commitment, uh, hard work, you know, like lose how to win, how to lose. Like there's so many things that you learn in hockey and it's not just about, you know, making it to the NHL or being the best. 
you know, there's, there's so much more to it, but I think the biggest part for me is I, I went out there and had fun and then eventually it turned into like something for me. Uh, how do you feel about it? I'd be curious what you would have to say. Well, I, I agree with a lot you said. I've had a couple of guests on and it's the same thing. Like whether it's, you know, they would tell the younger generation to do multiple sports because, you know, nowadays I think you're right. Kids feel that, you know, when they're seven years old that they should be, you know, starting to work out and it's gotta be hockey, 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 hockey. No, like your kids go have fun, like enjoy your childhood. You know, hockey brings great things. As you said, it brings camaraderie. It brings friends. It teaches you how to win, how to lose hard work, discipline. But at the same time, like it doesn't have to be 24 seven, like whatever it is, the three hours that you're, you're at the rink or like whatever, like you focus on hockey and then the rest go enjoy life. Like there's other things. And I think that will obviously bring more good down the road. So, um, no, that's a good, that's good advice for the younger generation. And like, obviously it's, it's, it's too true, man. Like everybody thinks like, you know, Oh, McDavid 24 seven is hockey. I'm sure he does a lot and he's a very skilled player, but at yeah. the same time, he has a life outside of hockey or he would go insane. Yeah, so. right. Yeah. Two, two sport is great. Like, I mean, I played lacrosse, yeah. which I think complements hockey really well. And honestly, made me way tougher. Like that sport is, it's a tough sport. And, uh, you know, slashing, cross-checking and keeps you in really good shape of running, you know, like a lot of running. So it doesn't surprise it. me that you did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I would recommend two sports for sure you know, get your mind off of another sport. But like, like I said, like I wasn't 10 years old thinking, Oh, well I need to play hockey because I need to make it to the NHL. I was like, no, I'm going to go play uh, lacrosse in the summer and I'm going to go cross check some people. Like, you know, I'm going to go have fun. So I, I agree with the two sports as well. That was a good uh, little add in there. Yeah, no, it's uh hopefully, uh, you know, the parents listen and the, take the advice because it's everything that we've learned along our way and what we've seen from other people because we've obviously played with a lot of people and, yeah. you know, you yourself have played with people that obviously have gone on to play in the NHL. Like just even looking at just your roster quickly the one year, like you had Philip Grubauer the one year who's had a very good NHL career. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there was many more, but that was just the first one that came because I saw the German flag. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, <laughs> no, man, again, I, I appreciate you taking the time. Um. It was great to have you on. Great to catch up with you as well. And I think yeah. it was very influential for the young listeners. And also it was cool. Like I, I always tell the guests this. It's cool <clears throat> to go down memory lane, I feel like. Like it brings back kind of you, you kind of think of things that you went through, you know, training, you know, season. So happy you could do it. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, man. It was good to catch up. It's been a while. Too long for sure. The time time zone's not always uh easy as you know us trying to match up this, our schedules to to hop on here it took us about two weeks to find a time and date but we got it done buddy it was good to catch up yeah man uh time change you working plus being a dad you know there's lots of things you're busy doing so <laughs> yeah. um but appreciate it again um we're gonna stay in touch here i got your number now um and for those listening give us a follow instagram check us out on youtube Give Brett Fleming a follow on Instagram if you want to see some throwback pictures. This guy used to have hair, nice long salad on him. And uh, until next week, cheers and ciao.